0: God, we thank you for that privilege that we can say those words, and Lord, I pray that there's anyone in the room that they're here and they showed up to church today, they're not sure why they're here, they just know they were invited by someone, or you brought them here, God, for some reason, that if they don't know your son, Jesus Christ, that today would be the day that they would be able to say as they leave here today that I am a child of God, and when we're in that place, that there is nothing to fear. So I pray for all of us who have fears today that we would release those to you. We would trust you, especially as we come to you today and we learn how to hear from you and how to hear your voice. I pray that you would speak to everyone here, that we'd be open, open to your words. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. That'd be wonderful. And I just want to give my welcome to today and our 27th anniversary. And i uh, just so excited to be here. I just remember the very first week and how scared I was to be there. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, God was there in a huge way. And uh, that We had me, who had never pastored a church in his life, uh, uh, anyway, started, planted a church. I'd been a part-time pastor while I was in college. but And then we had a group of people who had never started a church at all. And we all gathered together and we started this thing called Twin Cities Church over at Goldrun Elementary School in Nevada City, and it was just a great time. We had 158 people the first time, 158, and it was like, whoa, it was so cool to be part of that and what God was doing, and it's been so wonderful to be here for 27 years in our community as we serve Him, as we love each other, and as we invest in our community in every way that we can uh, to bring the love and compassion of Jesus Christ Everywhere we go So I want to welcome you And I want to welcome all those That will be watching on Facebook Live And then all of those Who will be watching in the future As we show this at our services at Escaton And in the jail And we take these services there To those who are in those places That they can hear the love, about the love of Jesus as well So 27 years we've been opening the doors We've been inviting people to come in And experience what God has for them As we grow to experience what he has for us as well. None of us has arrived after 27 years. None of us has arrived. We're still all in process. We're still all being formed into the image of Jesus Christ. And it's still a journey that we're all on together. And so it's just been a wonderful time to do that. And I'm excited today to begin a brand new series. And it came from what we did at Christmas time and then the month of January, where I asked folks to text me questions that they said, if I had one question I could ask God, here's what it is. And I really appreciate the responses. I really didn't get a lot of surprises. Uh, but I did hear a lot of pain, and so next week, we'll be talking about suffering and pain. It was the number one thing that was asked about, and so you'll just be want to think into people you know that you can invite next Sunday as well. And so what I did is I took all your answers, and I kind of compiled them and put them together into themes, and then into ways that we could, you know talk about them in a service. And so we're going to have eight weeks that we're going to be doing this. And so for seven weeks, we're going to have one topic per day. On one of the weeks, we're going to have three. So you can pray for me for April 7th. Uh, So that's going to be a lot of work to do that because I'm going to be talking about current issues that we live with And what does the bible have to say about them? So i'm just going to invite everyone if you would to grab your message notes out of your program For those of you who are new today They look like this and you can pull them out And you can take notes and be able to help you today to follow along all the bible verses will be here. Maybe god's going to say something to you that uh, That I don't say or it's not even on the notes that you want to write down that you can take and use at another time So that'd be awesome and you have your bible open it to the Old Testament. This is going to challenge some of you. The book of Habakkuk. Really, Ron? Habakkuk? Yeah. So that's where we're going to be today. So if you just want to go to Matthew, make it easy, then just go left a little bit and you'll find Habakkuk. Okay? Just Turn slowly because the pages are thin, the books are thin. And so you want to make sure you don't run by that. But Habakkuk chapter 2, if you don't want a Bible, I want to give you one. So right outside, there's some shelves there. You just take one. It's our gift to you today. And so the theme verse for the series, Mark read just a few moments ago, uh, comes from Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. And so I'm just going to ask you, since we're going to be looking at this verse every week, I'm just going to ask you, let's read it out loud together just to kind of let it sink into our hearts today. This is God's speaking. And this is what he says, ready to go. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I'm in. I'm in. That's all I have to say. And so I'm calling to him for this series. I'm calling to him for you and for me that he would reveal himself in new and fresh ways. And so that's what we're going to do every week of the series. It's going to be calling to him, helping to helping us to know the answers to the questions that we're asking. And today, the question is, how can I hear God's voice? And um, I had the privilege of going to the eye doctor on Friday. And while I was there, uh, the person who was uh, taking care of me in the eyeglass section uh, looked at me and said, you know, kind of, I think I know you. You look familiar. And I said, well, I'm one of the pastors at Twin Cities Church. He said, well, I thought that's where you were from. And so we were talking for a little bit. And she had been listening to uh, an inspirational Bible teacher on the radio, and that inspirational Bible teacher would say, at the end of his uh, talk, he would say, and now I want you to find a Bible-believing church in your community that you can go to. He knew the radio was not enough. And so she said, that's what I'm doing. I'm looking for a Bible-believing church I can go to. And so I was just, you know, said, okay, well, we're starting this new series, and I talked about questions, and then I talked about how to hear God's voice, and instantly you could see that she perked up. Because everyone wants to know, how can I hear God speak, and it seems confusing. It seems mysterious. It seems mystical, and for some, it seems unattainable. But we're going to look at that today about talking to God. How important it is. So, one of the books I'm recommending. We have pastors' picks that we have for every series, and you can always look at these in the bookstore. These are just kind of help you to have more help as we go through. But this one's called "Hearing from God" or "Hearing God." Excuse me. It's written by Dallas Willard, and I remember when I read this for the first time, it was really helpful for me. Uh, to develop my thoughts about being able to hear from God on a regular basis, but here's a quote from his book. If God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is to tell them that they can have a personal relationship with God. If he doesn't speak, how can we have a personal relationship with a God who doesn't communicate? Because all relationships require communication. All of them require communication. And so this is important today because our ability to hear from God affects our ability to respond to God. You got that? Our ability to hear from God affects our ability to respond to God. If we can't hear from him, we can't respond to him in the way that he wants us to respond. So you know the fact that we can hear God's voice, it's one of the most comforting truths about our faith in him, uh, because we, if we can hear God's voice, we can know God's will, we can know God's heart, uh, we can know God's way, we can receive God's guidance, we can hear him speak. Now, it's really important for us to understand that God speaks, uh, and I'm going to talk about anyone who doesn't think God speaks, and the truth is God speaks, and God speaks to you. So You may be thinking today that, in order for you to know what God says, that you've got to make an appointment with me. You know, I I'd say that's not very helpful sometimes, but it can be helpful. Okay, I'll just add that too. But you know, God wants to speak to you. He wants to help you to know what he says. And he wants you to be able to listen to him and be able to hear his voice. So we know from the Bible that God speaks, but we also know that not everyone hears from God. So I'm going to give you four barriers that keep us from hearing from God that kind of help you to know maybe you have one of these that you want to work on that may be getting in your way of hearing God's voice. And the first one is simply unbelief. Unbelief. Not believing that he speaks. So this is the person who says, I can't hear him. He's silent. He's distant. I don't know if I'm going to be able to ever hear from God. I've never heard from God. He seems to speak to everyone else. Now, that's kind of you know, scary sometimes, is that you know a lot, some people will say, God said to me, and when you hear what they said, you know that wasn't God. <laughs> and some people use God said to me as just a way to have power over you, because how can you ever refute that God said to you, right? And so sometimes, though, that we hear people say, God said to them, and it actually happened. So, and, but we've never heard it ourselves. So basically, and also, I've never been taught how to hear from God, so I don't understand how it works. Does he talk to me? I tried talking to him, but I didn't hear him. I can't hear anything from God. So it's kind of a position of unbelief. So this is a person who doesn't believe. Maybe they don't believe in God, the first thing. and So that's really helpful. If you're wanting to know if God speaks, to actually believe in him. And so if you don't believe in God, let me help you out. If you don't believe in God, I'm going to ask you to try this. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer and say, God, I don't believe in you, but I'm going to ask you that if you're real, that you would reveal yourself to me. Would you do that? Just pray that prayer. God, I don't believe in you, but I'm going to ask you if you're real to reveal yourself to me because I need to know if you're real Or not. It's really helpful, folks, that you believe, that you believe that He's going to speak and He's going to speak to you. So, yesterday, Kim and I were talking and we were sharing some feelings we were having about life. And about some uh, circumstances of some real close friends of us, or friend, about life, and some difficulties they were, fa- they were facing, and she told me that she felt like that we were going through a spiritual attack, and I'm like, well, I just think it's tough, and so different viewpoints, but she was helpful for me to take it from it's tough to it possibly could be some kind of spiritual attack to discourage us and the things that we were going on. So this is what we did. We prayed this prayer. Like the man who came to Jesus, we said at that moment, right at our table, we said, God, help us in our unbelief. That might be a prayer you could pray. Help us in our unbelief. So we asked God right then, Help us, God, in our unbelief right now, in these circumstances that we're facing and seeing, help us to place our eyes on you and your faithfulness to him. And then God brought to mind verses from Hebrews chapter 4. And as we sat there in Hebrews chapter 4, it's an invitation to come into God's perfect rest and to believe that because of grace, he is on my side. I'm in his court, I'm in his heart. It was so helpful. But we went from unbelief to belief because we chose to believe in God and He came to us and He spoke to us in that moment. Second one is busyness. This is probably one of the most common barriers that keeps us from hearing from God. It's just setting aside the time, setting aside the time that it takes because, you know, we want everything now, right? And so it's hard for us to think that uh, because God's big and wonderful and can do all things that I still need to take time with him. Surely he can get what he wants to say to me in like 30 seconds, I'm going to give him, right? But we're too busy to spend time with him. So a, a great example, right out of the pages of the Bible is a story, a true story of Jesus when he went to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And so he goes to the home, and so he comes in, and there's these two sisters, Martha and Mary. And so, Martha, when Jesus comes into the home, she immediately thinks of what she has to do to feed Jesus and his 12 disciples. And so that's the first thing she thinks of, and so she gets busy scurrying around and making the meal. And Mary, on the other hand, she knows that Jesus has just come in. She knows that she wants to hear from Jesus. Remember, this is about intimacy. Communication with God is about intimacy. So instead of scurrying around to do everything that they could have to have the meal, she instead sits at the feet of Jesus, which was a no-no in that day as well for a woman to sit at the feet of Jesus. I can't wait till April 7th, and I talk about how Jesus treated women. But she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and as she's sitting there... There, that she's saying that she wants to hear from him, and then Jesus says this. He says, "Mary chose the better way, not the busy way. Mary chose the better way at that moment." You guys know who Corrie Ten Boom is? Corrie Ten Boom was a gal that was in a, 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 a German concentration camp, and so she's writing and she's reflecting on this whole idea. She's credited with this quote. I'll just say this: credited. We're not. So absolutely 100% sure, but credited with this quote. And here it is. If the devil can't make you bad, he's going to make you busy. Right? Because if you're busy, you don't have any time for God. And he knows that's the way to get to your heart. Okay, number three is distractions. Distractions. We live in a world... There we go. That cell phone was perfect. We live in a world of constant distraction, don't we? Thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate you. Woo! (laughs) Okay. I'll pay you afterwards, okay? But thanks so much for that. Constant distractions. Anyway, God may be speaking to you, but there's this relentless distractions that are going around you that are keeping you from hearing Him. Now, I don't know about you, but my biggest distraction is life. I'll just say it that way. It's just life. How do you maintain life? How do you take care of your stuff? How do you meet all your the demands? How do you you know go to all your appointments? How do you take care of your body? How do you take care of your mind? Well, you got kids involved. How do you meet all of their needs as well? Your cars, taxes right now. Oh, how do you do all the things that you do in life? It's just overwhelming to me. Anybody else? It just overwhelms me, totally. One day at a time, I love it. One thing at a time. That's why I went to the eye doctor on Friday. That's the one thing I could do. Knock it off my list. There we go. But it's just, it, my biggest distraction is how much time it takes to keep you know, maintain my life just to keep it from falling apart. Really, all of that. There's so much noise in our world today, too, that distracts us. Noise from out there. there you know what, you, you come to church, and you hear me, and I'm speaking, and some people might call that Preaching. The world's preaching to you everywhere you go, folks. There are voices everywhere you go crying out to you, telling you what you should do, who you should be, what you should become, how you should do life. We're constantly being brought by voices that are preaching to us and calling out to us, competing um, with God's voice. So we have this chatter that's going on that's keeping us from being able to hear him. But I I think the, the number one distraction would be social media, and media, not just social media, but the media devices that we have, we're constantly connected. And because I'm married to the Holy Spirit in my house, uh, on my day off, Kim asked me at the end of my day off this week, she said, do you ever think about not checking your email on your day off? Well, I thought about that once. (laughs) But I'm tethered to it. And so that, you may not think this is true about you, but every time that you get distracted from what you're doing or from what's most important or from God by a device or a text or an email it's changed your psyche every one of us we're distracted it keeps us and the last one is this an unprepared heart unprepared and i would just say or unreceptive heart so we don't hear from god because we've not tilled the soil We've not tilled the soil for his seeds of communication to come into our lives. So Jesus tells a story about that. He tells a story that we call the parable of the soils. And so he talks about different types of soil and how the seeds, when they fall on a specific soil, they either don't germinate, or they do germinate, or they germinate, but then they get eaten. But it's all about the fact that the soil is the most important thing in the story. In the first part of the story, the first soil was a hard heart, is how he referenced it, a hard heart. In other words, God's voice is going out like seeds into a field, but the field is so hard that the seed can't go into the soil so that it can form roots and so that it can actually grow. So on our 27th anniversary, if I had brought a pack of seeds today and I could rip off the top of the pack of the seeds and I would pour them out right here on the stage, I could come back here on our 32nd anniversary, and what would I find? Seeds. Seeds, because no one ever cleans up. No, teasing <laughs> There would be seeds right there, because this soil, this, this is not where plants can grow. Plants grow where the soil has been cultivated. And then as it's cultivated, then they can the seeds can go in the ground and they can grow into plants. So that means that if we're going to hear from God consistently, that we need to make sure our hearts are prepared so that we're able to hear from him. Now, it's talking about posture here, and I'm going to get to posture in just a little while, how important it is. But uh, a, a way that we can begin to talk about that is from 1 Samuel chapter 3, and this is talking about Samuel and Eli, I mean Eli, who was the priest, and Samuel's been brought to Eli's place to the temple. And while he's there, the house of God, while he's there, he's training Samuel. And Samuel hears a voice in the night. He comes to Eli because he thinks it's Eli. And Eli says, it wasn't me. Go back to sleep. He comes a second time. He says, I heard a voice. Eli says, it wasn't me. Go back to sleep. You know, you guys have kids. You know what that's like, right? And so he comes to him, go back to sleep. And then finally, he comes again. And this is what happens. I just put this on your notes, on the screens as well. The third time, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, "Here I am. You called me." Then Eli realized that the boy that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, "Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Would you underline that? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening." So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling at. As at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And that's the key. That's the posture. So I've decided that um, I have a regimen, a routine that I do in my journaling. And so when I start my journaling, before I open my Bible, I write at the top of each day that I journal, I write these words. I write, come, Jesus, come because I'm wanting to make sure that I'm here for him and with him. And then secondly, I write, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the most gracious, high, and loving God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So I'm designated where I think I stand before him. And now I've decided I'm going to add this. I may never get to journaling. I'm going to write so many things (laughs) at the beginning. And so at this, I'm going to write this, Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. And then I'm going to read my Bible. And I'm going to read that, and I'm going to journal what he says to me. So I've decided I'm going to do that in my life. Now, I love these words from Jesus. This is also part of the story of the soils. He says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So now what I want to do is, I'm going to, in the short time, I want to talk about how we can hear God's voice. The short time we have left, it really, it's not going to take a long time. Uh, How can we hear from God? And now let's go over to the book of Habakkuk in uh, the Old Testament in chapter 2. And so I may come back and speak from chapter 1 next week. I'm not quite sure where it's going to go next week, but I may because chapter 1 talks about how desperate things were for Habakkuk and the, the children of Israel and how God wasn't present in their minds and it was really bleak. And so Habakkuk in chapter 2 is saying, I need to hear from you, God. And this is where many of us would be. We need to hear from God. And we're going to kind of go through one verse to see what Habakkuk did that placed him in a place to hear God's voice. And it's verse 1. It says this, I will climb up to my watchtower, and I will stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says, and now he will answer my complaint. Okay, turn your notes over now, and let's just talk about three ways that Habakkuk shows us that we can put ourselves in a place to hear God's voice. The first one is this, I have to withdraw. I have to withdraw to be with God, to pull myself away, pull myself away, and withdraw. And this is going to get really hard because, you know, for many of us, um, we want to hear God speak, but we don't want to have to actually change our pattern. So we're wanting him to speak at our, in our pace. And so we may say, you know, I've got, you know, five minute drive today. This is all I'm going to give you, God. So you've got to speak in this five minute drive today. But there's times we just have to withdraw so we can speak, hear him speak. This is what he says. I will climb up to my watchtower. So he has built his own personal watchtower. And from what I was reading, it was a common thing of the day where they would build a Watchtower. It was for two things. It was one that they could watch for enemies that would come against them, but it was also so that they could have a place to withdraw. It was their space to be with God. So you might be thinking today, where can you build a watchtower? Where can you build this place that's your place that you're going to go to to hear from God? And I will stand at my guard post. So this is a place that Habakkuk had established that he would go to to be along alone with God. So if we're going to hear from God. We have to, we have to carve time away from the busyness, from the distractions, from our obsessions, from life, so that we can hear the still small voice of God. We have to carve it out. You say you're not hearing God speak, you're not hearing God speak regularly. In order to hear God speak, you have to carve out time and withdraw and pull yourself away from your normal activities. Even Jesus did this. Look at this verse from Luke chapter 5. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So when Jesus withdrew, what he was trying to do is he was trying to turn down the noise of his world. He was trying to turn down the noise of his world, and he was trying to turn up the volume of heaven so he could hear God and what God has to say. Okay, First thing is you have to withdraw. Second is this. I have to wait. I have to wait. Wait for him to speak. Now, I just want to say, does anybody like to wait for anything? Oh, it's so hard. Well, if I'm going to, let, if I'm going to hear from God, I have to let go of my anxiety and stress over waiting, and I have to trust him. So this is what he says next. He says, there I will wait, you just underline that, wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint, because verse one is his complaint. So he's listening to what God has to say. And so when we think about waiting, I just want to ask this question for those of you who've sought God and tried to seek his voice, and you've been in this. Does God ever seem like he's in a hurry? Not to me. I want him to work at my pace. I wish he went faster, especially as I look at the world around me. I'm like, God, do something. And it's just like, you know, you look at that. But God asks us to wait for him. So it's been my experience that this idea of waiting, it seems to be a key component in being able to hear God's voice in order to enter into the process that God wants to take his people through. He wants to take us through times of waiting. In fact, some of the greatest blessings that can come into our life comes at the end of a period of a waiting time. And the key from hearing from God while you wait is how you wait. It's how you wait. Look at this verse from Psalm 46. He says be still underline that be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth the Lord Almighty is with us the God of Jacob is our fortress once again I've talked about waiting here and how we have to wait for him and that God's not in a hurry and now he's when I'm waiting he wants me to be still I'm a pacer I'm a pacer and Jordan's home for spring break, and uh, and I was on the phone the other day, and and so I'm just pacing around the house in circles, you know. And she's stop it! <laughs> it's hard for me to be still, be still before God, because we thrive on action, right? Because even pacing is a way that you're controlling something. We thrive on action. We want to get things done. We desire engagement, and sometimes the hardest discipline is just to be still. So because of that, I want to give you three ideas about waiting. There's three blanks there, and I didn't have a place to put a heading because I still wanted to give you some white space to write today. And so the heading would be three keys to waiting on God, three keys to waiting on God if you want to write that in. And so the first one is quietly. So I'm going to wait quietly. Now I put Bible verses for you. I'm going to read those. Those won't be in the slides, but I'll read them to you. Uh, that you can read on your own. And so this is what it says in the Bible in Psalm 62. Let all that I am, the psalmist is saying, let all that I am wait quietly before God. Why? Because my hope is in him. So I can be quiet and I can trust him that somehow he didn't hear me last time, so I have to clamor more. But I'm gonna be quiet with him. And so this is um, not just talking about where you wait so we withdraw. Some we think withdraw to a quiet space. Some of you just withdrawing. Honestly, it may be in you know like you would go to a coffee shop and you can withdraw, but you can shut out everything around you. So it's not just saying I have to go to a quiet space, but it's also saying I have to quiet what's going on in here. I have to quiet what's happening in my heart, my soul, the anxiety I have that's keeping me from being able to hear Him. So wait is a word that designates a posture of trust. So I can wait this way. We call that wringing hands, right? I can wait this way, or I can wait this way. This is a posture of trust. And I'm saying to God, God, while I wait, I'm trusting you. I'm not wringing my hands physically or emotionally or mentally, but I'm trusting you at this point. So we wait quietly. And then the next one is wait patiently. Wait patiently. And so what I mean by that is that if I'm not able to wait on God to work, I'm constantly thinking of ways I can solve it in case God doesn't come through. And so if I'm waiting patiently, I'm trusting that God's going to speak, and so I'm not spending all my time, my waiting time constantly coming up with solutions to the problems that are around me. I'm able to wait patiently, because if, I, if I'm waiting impatiently, I end up doing things in my own power, and that always leads to less than stellar results. This is what it says in Psalm 37. It says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. So when I'm waiting patiently, here's what I'm saying. When I wait patiently, I'm saying that God's in charge and I'm not. So he's in charge, so I'm going to trust him even though I wish he were working right now in a different way. Or I wish he was saying this to me and I'm not hearing him say, I'm still going to trust him because he's God and I'm not. And then number three, wait expectantly. So open hands is expectantly, believing that he's going to come and speak to you. So when you have this waiting period, you're waiting quietly. You're, you want to hear, and you're patient, you know, you're trusting that God's going to work, but you're also waiting expectantly because you believe he's going to speak. And so you're anticipating. You're fertile. The soil is ripe to hear from God at that moment. And I'm able to hear him speak. I meditated on Psalm 130, verse 5 this week. It says this, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. Not in what I think, not what others say, but I put my hope in his word, and that's what I do. So I just want to talk, you know, look at the bottom of your notes there. There's several ways that God speaks. I don't have time to cover any of them, but this is just a list for you there of common ways that God speaks. Number 1's the Bible. So just know that everything that comes after the Bible has to be filtered through the Bible, okay? Always the Bible, number one way that God speaks. If you think God's speaking to you in any of these other nine ways and it doesn't align with the Bible, then it's not God. Okay? So you got that? It's not God. So God's not going to call you to do something that goes against what the Bible says is the way He wants you to live. So these are some ways you're thinking about. Okay, I just want to hear from God. Well, I can I can listen to songs. I can pray. I have biblical teaching like you're getting today and circumstances. And mostly, I'd say this: most of us hear from God not in the good circumstances, but in the what the difficult circumstances. We hear from Him. Uh, Christian books, nature. Wow, we love nature, right? you hear from God, you see his wonder. Um, And then art, I wanted to add this in because I just love, you know, love our art wall out here. Stop by and look at this, if you would. Just look at our art wall and how artists in our church have displayed how God works and what he does. And then also through friends. And I would say it needs to be godly friends because if you have folks that don't know God or don't believe in him and they're giving you advice, I don't think it's coming from the Bible and it's more than likely not in your best interest. And so you want to make sure you listen to the right people. Okay, last thing is this, and then we'll wrap up. How to hear God speak? Worship God for his faithfulness. I have to worship God for his faithfulness. So now we're going to jump ahead to chapter 3. And so there's been some interlude that's happening, and now we're going to jump into chapter 3, and Habakkuk has something to say to God in chapter 3, verse 1 through 2. And he says this, this prayer was sung, sung, was that we've talked a lot about worship a few weeks ago, actually two, two separate weeks in the last series, why we do that, why we sing, why we gather together and sing, how important it is that we sing, even songs we don't know, because even when we sing songs we don't know, there's biblical truth there that we need to glean. And he says this, I, the, this prayer was sung by the prophet Habakkuk, I have heard all about you, Lord, I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in the years gone by. Would you circle, underline, highlight, help us again as you did in the years gone by. Help us again. In this time of our deepest need, help us again. So he's singing songs of hope. He's singing a prayer to God that God, as I worship you, I'm calling out to you that you would help us again as you did in the days gone by. And there's something that happens when we rehearse the goodness of God, we rehearse the words of God with the people of God as we sing to him, that God works in a dynamic way in those circumstances and situations to speak to us. Have you guys ever felt that God spoke to you while we were singing? singing songs of truth, and there's songs of love and wonder about how God wants to move in us, it happens when we worship him. So what Habakkuk was saying here is he's saying, I'm singing this prayer to remind myself how good you are, to remind myself of your truth and how wonderful you are. Now, there's a song that I keep asking for us to sing here. We've not gotten to it yet. Uh, but when Jordan came home on Friday, the first thing she did was go to our computer and build us a Spotify playlist of all the songs that they've been playing in her chapels at the college that she's at. And one of them was, I said, ah, that's the song I'm hoping we get to do soon. And it's called Do It Again, and it's by Elevation Church. If you wanted to go out and then Google that and watch it on your own, just don't do it now, okay? But you can do it some other time. And watch that on your own. But I just want to read you a couple of the words and why I love this song so much. He says this, this song. This is what we'll sing when we get to do it. I've seen you move. Come move the mountains. So I've seen you do it. Come move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. And then it tags it. It says, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me. There's so much power when we sing songs. And so we want to pay attention to the songs we're singing because God wants to speak words of hope to us as we sing together, words of promise, even words of conviction to us as we sing and we participate together. So just kind of wrapping up. As you study the Bible, what you see is that God is a relational God. So you see that God formed a covenant with his people. But before he formed a covenant with his people, he called certain people to be with him. And they had a designation. And they had a designation that was given them. And so he is always revealing himself to us in some way. And so he's communicating himself in relational terms. And so when you read through the Bible, you read that there is the God of Abraham. There's the God of Isaac. There's the God of Jacob. There's the God of Moses. And then at Moses, you have the God who entered into covenant with a nation. And then when Jesus Christ came, God established a new covenant that would be for his people and for all those who said yes to Jesus Christ, that he invites us to be in relationship with him. And in relationship with him, he's promising us that he's going to communicate with us because he is a relational God. And he's going to talk to us. And he's going to want us to talk to him. And it's all about intimacy. Intimacy with him. So Jesus says this in John 15. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, new designation. For everything I've learned from the father, so he's teaching, he's bringing what the father knows to them, I have made known to you. So when we talk about how to hear from God, folks, it's God's invitation to relationship. He wants to communicate with us. He wants us to remove the barriers that are keeping us from hearing him because God will not, mostly will not, I'll say, mostly will not go against our will. He will let us push him away. And what we have to do instead is to posture ourselves before him, make sure the soil is tilled, So that when he speaks, the seeds can come in and they can grow. And then we need to protect them till they grow into the fruit of deep relationship with him and with others. Isn't that awesome? That that's what he's made possible for every one of us. Would you bow your heads and let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for your words and I thank you for your promises. And Lord, first of all, I just pray for anyone here, as I said earlier, who's never said yes to Jesus, that today would be that day that they heard me talk about Jesus. And let me just talk to you about how you would say yes to him. Jesus is God. Jesus came to earth to die on the cross so he could bring us into relationship with God because we have sinned, every one of us. And we've pulled ourselves away from God. And the only way we can be in relationship with God is to receive what Jesus did on the cross. So you would say right now, you would say, Jesus, I've sinned. I've turned against you. I've gone my own way. I've lived as my own boss, the leader of my own life. I look behind me and I see the effects of that. And Jesus, today, I just want to confess that to you. I want to ask you to cleanse me. I want to ask you to set me free uh, from guilt and from any condemnation that the evil one would want to throw on me for my actions. I want to ask for your healing. I want to ask for your work in my life, for the Holy Spirit to be in me, and I want to follow you for the rest of my days. And Jesus, I want to learn how to hear your voice. That's the prayer for every one of us. Jesus, we want to learn how to hear your voice, and it's not so that we can do fantastical, mystical things but it's so that we can be in relationship and intimacy with you. There's no better way to live, no more beautiful way to be than to know we're loved by God. To know, as we sang a few moments ago, I am a child of God. The Most High God has chosen to relate to me, and I am in awe of that. And we thank you, Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen.